Hello and welcome to this fourth daily devotional in our Growing Disciples series on the hope of Israel. As God's people returned to Jerusalem after the exile, and indeed during the exile, God's prophets spoke of a bright hope for the future. God would bring new life to his people with a new covenant and a new heart. Integrally connected to this new heart and its means of creation, really, is the inward work of the Holy Spirit. Yesterday, we noted the prophet Ezekiel's words in chapter 36, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. Then you will live in the land I gave your ancestors. You'll be my people and I will be your God. And so this renewal of Israel's heart necessitated a new spirit, my spirit, that, that is God's spirit. Real change would have to be empowered from the outside, from God, that is. As Christians, looking back at the hope of Israel from, from our side of Jesus' cross and resurrection, and very importantly, the day of Pentecost, that great day of fulfillment when the Holy Spirit was actually given to all of God's people. As Christians, we're more familiar with this transforming work of the Spirit. In fact, the only way any of us ever became Christians in the first place was through the work of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, maybe some of us are more aware of this than others, whether at the time or perhaps even just as we look back with mature reflection. So Paul describes the impact of the Holy Spirit in our lives, not just in becoming a Christian in the first place, but in growing as a Christian. He evidences his presence by producing change in us, producing fruit. Galatians 5, well known, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So notice the way in which we cooperate with the Holy Spirit in producing his fruit. We keep in step with him. Like kids in a three-legged race, we partner together. We act jointly. For our part, we kill off the old nature. And most wonderfully, by the Spirit, the result is that we are changed, just as Ezekiel has anticipated, as Israel would have hoped. Now, the prophet Joel made an important contribution to Israel's expectation of the Spirit. Joel's a difficult prophet to locate exactly, but he certainly belongs with Israel's post-exilic prophets. Joel contributes two major themes to the hope of Israel, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit and the coming day of the Lord. In fact, the pouring out of the Spirit on all people is a sign of the coming day of the Lord. More about that tomorrow. If you're familiar with the book of Acts, you'll probably know that on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came upon all Christian believers, the Apostle Peter preached in Jerusalem and he quoted these words from the prophet Joel. And afterward, or Peter's translation said, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, 
I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heavens and on earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So Peter was declaring that the Holy Spirit was now gifted to all Christians in fulfilment of Joel 2, 28-32. In other words, a key part of the hope of Israel was now a reality. Wonderful. Let's dwell on a few of the details of this passage now. First, the Holy Spirit is poured out, which seems to indicate a liberality, a generosity in the gift. It's also reminiscent of the sacrificial act of pouring out water in the desert, even as an abundance of water was poured out from the mysterious rock supplied by God to give his people water. Uh, there was also various kinds of first fruits offerings where the portion poured out represented the whole sacrifice or the whole life of the sacrificed animal. So there's an abundant liberality that is anticipated in the gift of the Holy Spirit. Another observation here is that he is given to all people, uh, indicated by sons and daughters, old men and young men, all classes of servants, both male and female. And so in the fulfillment, every Christian is gifted the Holy Spirit, the life of God to live within them. There's no such thing as good or bad or lapsed Christians. There are not special first class, business class and economy class Christians, bishops and beggars, parish councillors and punters. There's no difference. If you are a Christian, you are gifted the Holy Spirit in abundance, with liberality, more than anyone could want. Another important detail to notice, the activity that the Spirit produces in all Christians is all about revelation. God making himself and his will known through prophecy, dreams and visions. On the day of Pentecost, this was so important as the gospel was declared for the first time, but it is just as important now. The Spirit interprets and applies God's written word to our lives. He reveals truth. He convinces and convicts every human heart as the gospel is heard. Indeed, God's people, as his people, we are, we are all gifted the role of revealing him and his ways through our speaking. The gift of the Spirit is integral to revelation. Thinking about the Spirit's work in Christians today, permit me to make a, a remark or two on the side. Uh, sometimes the model of the ecstatic prophet of the Old Testament is imported into the New Testament. Prophets like Ezekiel, Jeremiah and Joel were characterised by a wild spirit-led behaviour, enacted parables and visions and dreams, doing crazy things. Sometimes it appeared they had lost control of their faculties as they were taken over by God's spirit. But interestingly, in the New Testament, that was rarely the case. Uh, Peter himself, as he quoted Joel on the day of Pentecost, was a model of sober self-control and persuasive clarity for all kinds of people. He was prophesying and preaching but not at all in the ecstatic mode typical of Old Testament prophets. He, as all Christians, was empowered by the Spirit to speak full of self-control. To what end? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, just as it says in verse 32. 
we've just begun to grapple with this passage in Joel without having spoken about all the cosmic signs of blood and fire and billows of smoke. At very least, all these things indicate that the pouring out of God's Spirit heralds the great day of the Lord. More about that tomorrow, as I've said. But for now and for us, as we recognise that we have in fact inherited the hope of Israel, we would do well to ponder the Spirit's presence and work in our lives. He yearns to change us from within, to grow Christian character and holiness, evidenced by love, joy, peace and so forth. We get to partner with him in this and he, he addresses God's word to us each time we read it, illuminating and interpreting and applying its truth to our lives. He empowers us all to speak, making God known to all people. And in this revelatory activity, we don't need to preach sermons or deliver theological lectures. We need to chat to our friends. We need to gossip the gospel, to, to natter and chinwag about Jesus. Just whatever we know of him, and as we do, it will be the Holy Spirit giving our simple words traction and power in the lives of our conversation partners. Here's an exercise for you now. Why not take a few moments to reflect on the, your experience of the Holy Spirit? How do you experience his work in your life? How do you know when he's at work in some way? Can you think back to particular occasions or times? What, what was God doing then? And do you know why now? What work would you like to see the Spirit doing in your life now? Have a think about those things for a little while and then will you pray about them? May today be filled with the Holy Spirit's presence and work in you and through you.